Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. I am super excited. This is Erica Brooks, your host of Anointed to Prosper. Guess what? The Word of God tells us that God came to give us life and life more abundantly. And because we know that God came to give us life and life more abundantly, that tells me that we are anointed to prosper. Well, this is my very first radio show um, under Anointed to Prosper. I am super excited. Thank you so much for joining us on this evening. And I believe that I have a show topic on tonight that's going to be just for you. I believe that I have a show topic on tonight that's going to make you think. I believe that our topic on the night is going to go back and say, okay, every year I make these resolutions, um, but now I need to do something different because guess what? We have to prepare for what we pray for. We really have to prepare for what we pray for. So because we're anointed to prosper and we know where all our blessings flow, I do want to start off by prayer. I'll tell you a little bit more about myself, and then I'll go in and we can talk about the topic for tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, God, for this awesome new year, God, and we just thank you for this time, God, of just sharing in an exchange, God. I thank you, Lord, that we're anointed to prosper because even as your word says, God, it is your will for us to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers, Lord. And, Lord, as we begin to understand that it's your will to prosper, Lord, we promise to give you the glory, you the honor, and all the praise. I pray for every listener, God. I pray, God, that we lay ourselves down, God, that you be glorified, God, and you be lifted, Lord. I believe, God, that you're unifying families right now. As I'm praying, God, we're prospering in our health. We're prospering in our family, and we're even prospering in our wallet, God, because we know that you've blessed us, Lord, to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, the topic for tonight is the necessity of preparation. I'll say that again, the necessity of preparation. One thing that I've noticed um, that many people, including the body of Christ, every year we have these big New Year's resolutions. And um, we have, um, you know, just everything. You know, I want to lose 20 pounds or I'm going to start working out every day or I'm going to eat out a little bit less or this is the year that I'm going to start my business this is the year that I'm going to spend more time with my family, or, or this is the year that I'm going to um, launch my ministry. This is the year that I'm going to make sure that I take my family on vacation. So this is every year we have these big um, resolutions, and because we have a relationship with God and because many of us are believers we sometimes fail to do the preparation. Now, we've prayed and we've fasted and we've labored before the Lord, and we may have had a sister in Christ or a brother in Christ that touched and agreed with us for what we're believing God for. But can I tell you that that's not enough? Yes, God can do it. Yes, you know, this kind comes by prayer and fasting. However, there are some things that we're going to do. You know, faith without works is dead. We're going to have to prepare for God is not an abracadabra God. He can do all things. He can do it quickly. He can do it at a drop of a dime. But it is necessary that we prepare for what we pray for. I'm guilty. I know there's somebody else on the line that's guilty of, um, of praying for something but not necessarily preparing for it. So let me um, give you an example 
One thing that I absolutely do not enjoy doing is cooking. I know how to cook. I do not enjoy cooking. So I decided that um, it's not the, the, for me, I decided that, you know, I want to cut back on eating fast food. I also understood that it's not the small foxes that get us in trouble. It's, I'm sorry, it's not the big foxes, but it's the small foxes that get us in trouble. So every month I convince myself that I am going to, um, go, I'm going to do meal planning. So what does that mean? That means that I'm going to prepare my meals for the week. All I have to do is grab something out of the refrigerator, grab something out of the freezer, and then I'm ready, set, go. I even bought the mason jars so that I can prepare my smoothies ahead of time. I even bought some different containers for my preparation. But guess what? I failed to prepare. What does that mean? That means once upon a time I was putting my um, fruit in um, in sandwich bags or freezer bags, and I would already have them in the freezer. So it was just a matter of, of me grabbing a baggie out of the freezer and putting it in the blender and adding some water or other things that I wanted to add. Um, I love boiled eggs. And when I prepare and go ahead and boil eggs for three days, then I can guarantee that I'm going to take that breakfast or take that snack. But somewhere along the way, I fool myself into thinking I'm going to get up a little bit earlier, I'm going to make a little bit more time, and I'm going to boil those eggs in the morning. Or I'm going to pull all these different fruits from all these different places. I have fruit on the counter. I have some fruit in the freezer. And then I'm going to make these smoothies in the morning. And then the healthy snacks, I have them in the pantry, and I fool myself into believing that I'm going to grab all these snacks out of the pantry, put them in the lunchbox every day, and I'll be prepared. Well, guess what? Because I didn't prepare in advance, I have not been successful at meal planning. And so I understand that it's not that I can't do it, it's that I failed to prepare. But can I tell you that I'm not going to go another year making excuses and saying, oh, my goodness, it's so hard, it's so difficult. I have all of the tools. I have the, I have the freezer bags. I have the mason jars. I have the containers. And even if I don't love the grocery store, which I don't, I can go online. Publix does delivery. I can go online and Walmart does. Um, I can go and I can pre-order my grocery and I can pick it up. So there's absolutely no excuse for me not to be prepared. I got a feeling that somebody on this line has a struggle with preparation, especially when it comes to things like that. So I want to go over three things, three particular areas where I believe that we can do better as we plan for something, we can also prepare for it. The first area is relationships. The second area is our finances. And the third area is business. So I'll say that again, relationships, finances, and business. So let's dive into relationships. And then sometimes this can be a tough topic because people think that I'm hard, especially women when it comes to relationships. So I hear so many women, and and this is not just for women, but I want to talk about, pick on us for a little while. I hear so many women, where's my Boaz? And I'm so ready to get married. And I'm praying and I'm believing God for my husband. And at some point during some conversations or some collaborations with my sisters, I can discern that there's a sense of anxiousness. There's a sense of I want it to happen, snap your finger tomorrow, and we want to be married. 
I also hear, well, I've been praying for my husband, I've been praying for my husband, but I challenge us as women to ask the question, have we been praying for ourselves, Lord, help me become a wife? What have we done as women to prepare to be a wife versus just praying and asking God to help us um, help our husband be prepared to receive us because there is some preparation that's required before marriage. Erica, what are you talking about? I just wanted to happen quick. We meet um, love at first sight, and, and it's just going to work out. It doesn't work like that. Um, we, if we go to the story of Esther, and I'm not going to even go through and do an exegesis of the text, but I'm just going to just be general. Esther prepared for the king for 12 months. One reason why I believe that we can have failed relationships is that we're microwave. We wanted to. We 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 we're not um, in the face of the Lord. We're not laying before the Lord. We're not asking God questions. Um, God, is this who you would have for me? Um, men, you know, Lord, you know, is this Maria? You said when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Lord, is this the rib, the woman you designed for me? Yes, he has a choice, but, God, I want to be in your will in that choice. But, ladies, Esther prepared 12 months for the king. In that preparation, I don't believe that Esther was still in love with her ex. In that preparation, I don't believe that Esther, and the, and the word can tell you in her preparation, it was like she was in the secret place, Psalms 91. Those that dwell in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Are we willing to disconnect from those past relationships? Because that, that soul tie does not need to enter into a relationship even if it's not a marriage, but bringing that old baggage. I'm still in love with my high school sweetheart. I'm still, um, I dated this guy five years ago. I dated this lady um, 10 years ago. This is the person. If I can find someone just like her, part of that preparation is allowing God to heal us. Allowing the Lord to heal us. Exodus fifteen twenty six says, I am the Lord who heals you. And a lot of times when we think of healing, we're always thinking of physical ailment. There's a disease. There's something going on, and we need healing from that, um, whether it's high blood pressure, whether it's cancer, whether it's whatever that is. But sometimes our heart needs to be healed. Sometimes that our our mind needs to be healed and renewed, that, you know, every person is not the same. Every person will not hurt us. We will not necessarily have repeat cycles. So in that preparation, it is being able to allow God to heal us. It is being able to go through the process. Let's also talk about Ruth. Many of us will say, Ruth didn't prepare for Boaz, Boaz, she was doing what she needed to do, and Boaz came and he made provision for her. But let me say this, Ruth was in her purpose. Ruth was working, and she was basically, she was focused on working, building, making a way, and because she was working, she was not stagnant. Ruth was productive. Her preparation for Boaz, she was also able to seek wise counsel. The Word of God says that, a fool's despise wisdom. The word also tells us that um, that if any man lacks wisdom, we can ask the Father, and He freely gives. So even in the in the earth, Solomon was one of the wisest men, but yet he 
seek counsel of other wise men. Naomi was a wise woman. She was an older woman. She provided instruction to Ruth, and Ruth followed her instruction. Ruth was coachable, and in that coaching made her be able to prepare to receive Boaz when Boaz um, came to her, when Boaz noticed her. And can I tell you that when we're not able to receive counsel, or when we're not um, able to do what I shared earlier, um, allow God to heal us, when that person shows up, then we're not ready because we're scarred, we're consumed, we're overwhelmed. And so it's very necessary in a relationship that we begin to do um, that preparation. And, ladies, we talk about um, um, wanting a husband and desiring a husband. I'll tell you what the Lord spoke to me this spring we talk about soul ties, and we it's taught a lot of times that soul ties only happen through um, sexual contact. I disagree. Women are moved by what we hear, and men are moved by what they see. Women can get soul tied through our ear gates. If we're talking to someone every day or we're talking to them often, they're telling us what we want to hear, we're building that rapport, we're excited to talk to them, we're excited about, you know, you know, how was your day? And he says, my day was great, and you're sharing how was your day, you're sharing your dreams, you're sharing your visions, you're sharing your goals, and you're getting closer and closer and closer to that person because they've entered in one of your portals, is your ear gates, and then you're becoming soul tied to this person. So my question is, are we willing to do that season of preparation if we know that John Doe is not our husband, if we know that Jane Doe is not our wife, are we willing to shut down even um, ear gates or shut down um, having the appearance of being in a relationship when we're not in a relationship? And so as I mentioned, what the Lord did for me in spring was because I love communication and because I'm a communicator and I love companionship, the Lord shut down my ear gates to men because I didn't need to, I needed to hear the Lord and I didn't need to be tied to anyone and talking to anyone on a regular basis because God told me it is time to prepare for the king. And if I'm talking to John Doe over here, Tom over here, and Johnny over there is not going to work because I'm going to be um, not able to fully concentrate on what God wants me to focus on and then truly be in my season of preparation. Now, I know that's not popular, but, hey, those are things that we want to talk about. We're praying for something but preparation. In addition, I would, you know, as a single person, come home and I have the clothes in the dryer and let me dump them over in the chair. But I realized, wait a minute, I'm in a season of preparation for my husband. I need to fold up these towels. I need to put in my, my clothes on the foot of the bed. And so I'm not saying that I've arrived and I do it every time, but it made me more mindful. Let me hang this jacket up. Let me hang these jeans up and not let them be at the foot of the bed because I am believing God and I'm preparing for my husband. And when my husband comes home, we want the, the house should be a castle. It should be ready. It should be prepared. The bedroom should be set. The atmosphere should be set. So clearing out the clutter in preparation for the next, in preparation for what we are believing for. And fellas, I haven't forgot about you. I haven't forgot about you. Genesis 2.24, it's simple. It says, a man shall leave his father and his mother 
and he shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And the two shall become one flesh. And in other words, what that means is you are one. And in this season of preparation, I believe that it is important that our mindset, we begin to take on the mind of Christ, and our mindset understands that as a single person, we can make decisions on our own, um, do what single people can make. I know everyone on the line is not single, can make decisions um, on their own, et cetera, but in a marriage, the two become one flesh, which means that mama's opinion, daddy's opinion, not so important, but what does God say? And the two shall work um, things out. Are you mentally prepared, men, to leave and cleave? Leave and cleave. Where God is first, you're ready to love your wife as Christ has loved the church and take care of family and lead your household. What does that mean? Operating in authority, understanding that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. And it's not as simple as I'm saying, but I believe a part of that preparation is talking to other um, people that season couples that have been married, talking to them. Talking to what is your struggle? If you're um, an introvert and you struggle with, um, you know that um, someone that you're dating, their love language is quality time, talking to someone, how do I now come out of that shell so that um, this person who I know is my rib doesn't feel like um, she's being alienated? She doesn't feel like I'm abandoning her. Or am I going to say this is how I've always been? So it's certain things that in relationships we need to begin to pray and ask God to work on us, Lord. Work on us, Lord. If we're a woman and we know that the Bible commands, Lord, it says submit women submit to your husband. If we feel that we have a submission issue, if we think the submission is a curse word, we need to be praying because I believe that if we can submit to our our pastor, if we can submit to our managers, we can submit to our boss, then there's no way that we should not be able to submit to our husband. But if we have something in our heart, just a little small something that says, I'm going to struggle in that area, that process, praying, asking God to help us in that area, trying to be more submissive even to our leadership because our husband, the husband will be the priest of the home, and it's required that we know how to submit accordingly. And so relationships are it's 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 just it's there's there's so and I just want us to think about whether married or single, um I'll start with single, then I'll tap over to married. So many singles are in love with the idea of being married, but many times singles do not understand covenant. Do we understand what covenant truly means and that it is a vow um, that's made before God and it's not something to be taken into lightly? A lot of times, um, you may have heard me say on a previous show, a lot of times people say that it's better to marry than to burn, and, of course, it's in the Word. But we have to really go deeper in that text and, 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 and cross-reference those scriptures. It doesn't mean we meet someone at the convenience store, they're not who God has for us. There's a um, a feeling of lust or a familiar spirit, and because the flesh is running out of control, we should marry that person. No, it means that we, the person that God has for us, we're equally yoked. If the flesh is not under subjection, it is better to marry than to be in sin. So I want to make that clear. We don't want to. We can never marry for lust. 
because lust does not cure, marriage does not cure a lust problem. It absolutely does not. So we're going to be prepared for what we pray for. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about relationships as well when I jump into the other topics because I said the necessity of preparation. Finances, finances, finances. I know that many people had the New Year's resolution of I want to make more money. I'm going to make some mega moves. This is going to be my year. This is it. I I just know that there are going to be great things, and I believe that for us. I believe that, you know, there are great things that are going to happen this year, but it's not going to just fall out the sky. So, number one, we have to understand that um, there is preparation for a rainy day. And um, the best example that I can give of preparation for a rainy day is the story of Joseph. A lot of times people talk about having a Joseph anointing, and people talk about, um, I have, um, I know that I'm going to have a business, be a prosperous like Joseph, and, and I am just walking like Joseph. And many people forget that when Joseph received revelation of Pharaoh's dream that there was going to be famine in the land, he did not say, well, that was Pharaoh's dream. The Lord gave him enough wisdom to say, because he God gave him revelation that there was going to be famine in the land. At first there was going to be prosperity, but it was going to be followed by years of famine. Joseph prepared. What did he do for preparation? He began to store up. If we look at the things that are happening now, there are so many retail stores that are closing their doors abruptly. There are so many retail stores now that things are beginning to automate. And so people are beginning to lose their job because they're robots or because they're are, um, self-checkout and things of that nature. Stores are beginning to close because of just the automation. You can go online and you can um, buy grocery or um, Amazon is taking over some of the big retailers. But we are not looking at what is happening, and we're not a lot of times willing to prepare. It is so important to prepare. So part of preparation is, number one, a rainy day will happen. Whether it happens across the board in the economy, a rainy day will happen, whether it's um, tires are needed for your vehicle, whether it's we're in the middle of a cold season and the heating unit goes out, the rainy day will happen. So it is so important to save, have an emergency savings. And I can hear some people probably say, well, you know what, I have so many expenses, it's very hard to save right now. I want to challenge us that it's not about the amount that we save, but it's about the habit that we're forming. I'll say that again. It's not about the amount that we're saving, but it's the habit that we're forming. Give you an example. David Bach wrote the book Start Late, Finish Rich, also Automatic Millionaire, and he uses the example of the latte factor. The latte factor is that one thing that we usually spend 5 to $10 on per day. Somebody's latte factor may be Starbucks, um, and then for breakfast, and then for lunch, it may be the dollar menu, and then the vending machine. Somebody else may be cigarettes, magazines, um, buying the newspaper, and the vending machine. Um, most people, everyone start, um, latte factor is a little bit different. Some maybe I eat out for every single meal, but the average latte factor anyway is between 5 and $10. So he did the math and said if there was a person who was just 30 years old and their latte factor was $5 a day and you just multiply that at retirement age with a 10% return on investment, 
that person would retire a millionaire. Basically, if they took that $5 times just five days, not seven days, put it in a retirement fund with a 10% return on investment, they would retire a millionaire. What am I saying? It's not about the amount. It's about developing the habits that we're forming. So I ask us, we are, many of us as believers are tithers, and that's 10%, but are we not worth a dime of our dollar? So if the first 10 is going to God, can we not get a dime out of our dollar, put it off to savings? Well, Erica, I can't do 10%. $25 a pay here a week, $50 a week, but starting that savings because that emergency will come. That emergency could come, there's a surgery, and, and the copay or the deductible could be $500 or $1,000, and the um, facility don't want to do the surgery until it's paid. That's that rainy day fund. That rainy day fund, just so many different things. Whatever you feel, homeowners, we know that in, in home ownership, you can't pick up the phone and call the landlord. So that is that preparation and not just um, praying and, and expecting God to work it out. When God has given us tools um, to do what it is we need to do, he's given us resources. God is our source, but he's given us our jobs and businesses and ideas and our gift to be used um, to generate resources. Number two under finances is invest in yourself personally and professionally. Jim Ron says something that I love. He says, work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. What do I mean invest in yourself personally and professionally? That's books. All leaders are readers. Knowledge is power. That's the old cliche. But the truth is applied knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is power. So you want to get books, whether it's self-help books, whether it's books that are in your field or your profession. Classes are very important. If you need life coaching, if you need business classes, certifications, you want to not just be average in your field, but there are certain certifications that can add an extra $10,000, um, $15,000, $20,000 on to your salary because you're set apart. You may have a master's degree already. You may have a bachelor's. However, certain industries require a certification or you're going to be more, there's going to be more validity um, to you when you have a particular certification. So never forget to invest in yourself personally and professionally. Well, Erica, usually my company pays for um, corporate training. Can I tell you right now, I'm about to go to a training. The training is more, way more than I want to spend. Um, it's $2,000. May not be a lot for some, but for me, considering that I'm so used to companies paying for training, it is like a hit to say, oh my God, I'm going to pay for $2,000 for training out of my own pocket versus corporately it being sponsored and then sitting for the exam is $500. However, I am investing in myself personally, which is going to help me professionally, not necessarily be just helpful for um, where my nine to five is, but this is something that I have that no one can take from me. It is mine. It's something that I earn, and it's going to give more earning potential, and it's going to um, be more viable in the marketplace. Number three, invest in assets not just liabilities. We know tax season and things like that are coming up. If you do not need another car, 
I suggest that tax season is used to reposition ourselves. Um, if there's some debt that needs to be knocked out, use that to uh, wipe out some debt, um, assets, real estate, stocks, mutual funds, retirement. And it's, it's just so important. And part of that preparation is deciding, okay, I want to retire by X age. When you talk to your retirement professional, they could tell you how much money per month you need to set aside to retire by X age. Well, I'm going to win the lottery. Well, I'm starting this business and I know it's going to be a million-dollar business. I believe that as well. But until that happens, in the natural, let's go ahead and just plan and say, you know what, I'm, whether I'm in a nine-to-five or whether I'm in a business, I want to retire by this age. Let me set aside this amount of money. Or if you're not a homeowner or you are a homeowner and you want to purchase another piece of real estate, whether it's an upgrade of your home or whether it's a um, an investment property, set a date. That is the preparation. Having an open-ended dream is just a dream, but having a deadline makes it a goal. I want to purchase a house by January 2019. So I have one year to get my finances in order. Um, the down payment is XYZ. I'm going to have my my savings over here for that down payment. What Make it plain also. The Bible tells us the right division to make it plain. What kind of house? I want a four-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage. Um, this is the square footage. I want four-size brick. I want it to be in Gwinnett County, I want it to be in Fayetteville, Georgia. I want it to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Write the vision, make it plain, set a target date, and SMART goals. And we'll talk about those. For everyone on the line, I will make sure that I can send out um, a SMART goal template for you so that we can begin to uh, work on target dates and goals and deadlines so that we can be more prepared for what we're, for what we're praying for. And so... I want to jump on the money, the, the relationship side of money. Um, the number two reasons for divorce is sex and money. And so sometimes talking to individuals, it's so much, there's in marriages I've seen where there's so many um, secrets as it comes to money. But if you're a unit, then it's time to have a level of transparency and begin to say, if we say we want a house, we want to do those things, and we, the unit, remember, leave and cleave, you've become one, have to come together and have a level of transparency. Okay, we've been married for 10 years. I know you didn't know about this, but I have this credit card. The balance is X, Y, Z. I um, need to get knocked down this debt. The two need to come together, lay out the credit report, lay out everything, and begin to work on a plan of not this is your debt and this is my debt, but these are our expenses, and let's begin to work towards a plan to build. And even if you're in a good financial situation, we can always be in a great or better or excellent financial situation, but it's beginning to prepare for the next, prepare for um, whatever your goals are, and that means for couples working together, making a plan, having full transparency. For singles, I've heard of I've heard singles say, "I can't wait to get married because I want some help." Can I tell you that that's a trap? I, there is even a book called The Two Income Trap. Two people are coming together with two different sets of expenses, and Typically, if that one one person is already stretched and the other person is stretched, 
it's not it's going to be just as tight when you're together. And so it's important to now in that preparation, like Esther, begin to knock your debt down now. Because remember we said number the two reasons for divorce is sex and marriage. Begin to Work on their credit challenges. Work on those challenges now, so that when you get married and you say we want to buy another house, another property, then qualification won't be an issue. Or say, you know what, I already have good credit, but you know what, I want to be in the 800 club. So let me begin to do some things. Let me work on my debt to income ratio so that I can um, increase my scores and even be in an excellent place. Because I know the things that we want to do and want to be a blessing to the kingdom. So it is so, so, so important to have financial transparency. It is so, so, so important that there is a um, a level of understanding that we may want some, certain things that we want is going to be tied to our finances. That's the natural thing. So if we um, set aside our emergency fund, if we work on moving from good credit to great credit, that means there's a lower interest rate when we purchase a home or purchase another home. That means there are lower insurance rates when we um, re-quote our policies, et cetera. That means that there are just some perks that are available when we begin to practice the good stewardship and begin to work on that now. So um, let's jump over to business. The second part of um, the third part, I'm sorry, of preparation is business. So a lot of people are have the spirit of entrepreneurship. And so many entrepreneurs may want to be a full-time entrepreneur and leave your job. So the question that I have is, how have you prepared? How have you prepared? Have you determined what amount of money per month you need to leave your job? I recommend breaking it down in units. If you sell a product and you know how much that product is, Decide, break it down, I need to sell X amount of this product per week to make this amount of money. I need to sell X amount of products. That if, if, let's say the product is $100 and you need to make $1,000 a week. I need to sell 10 of these per week. That's $1,000 because I need to make $4,000 a month. And so break it down in sizable chunks. Write it down and then write down your prospect list. Okay, I'm going to reach out to this person to that person, to this organization, I'm going to go to this networking event, how are you going to reach that goal? Who is your target market? How are you going to further penetrate that target market by being prepared to meet that goal? Break it down. And so I never recommend, unless you clearly heard from God, to just walk off your job because you're passionate about your business. It is necessary to plan. What gets measured gets accomplished. So begin to have those measurements. Okay, if right now you say I need $4,000 per month to live, I need my business to make that per month after expenses, then if you're not making 200 per month or 500 per month, nine times out of ten it's not time to leave the nine to five until you begin to build or get disciplined. Or if you have a full-time job, and you're wanting your business to take care of you, now it's time to save the money from your business so that you're not now dependent on your job and your business because it's going to be hard if you desire to transition to now work 
work with a little bit less. So building, there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur and still being um, in a nine to five because your passion is over here. Or if you're led to leave and that's what you want to do, plan for it. Plan for it. Additionally, so many business owners do not take small business owners. I've noticed um, electronic payments. Um, but even the word says, "Be always ready." If you're, I never leave home without your swipe. Whether it's a square swiping device, whether it's a PayPal swiping device, have some way of taking electronic payments. Think about it. Most of us, even if we were somewhere and someone had a need and they asked us for something. We are really the credit and debit card generation. We may not have $5 in our pocket to hand to someone. So if you're a network and you're at an event or you're somewhere where you're sharing your product, have the ability to take an electronic payment. Even if you're not in a face-to-face situation, have the ability. PayPal has invoicing. Um, There's so many different invoicing systems. I'm not pushing PayPal, but there's so many different ways where we can be um, caught up to this new era, caught up to this new generation. Um, just saying that I'm cash only is almost like saying I only take a track. I only take a CD when we're in a, you know, MP3 and we're in a, you know, um, internet radio generation. We have to be able to take electronic payments. We have to be able to step up our game to be prepared. Business structure. Um, so many times we are, we, I say our business is not structured. We don't have a business. We have a hobby. And if we've been doing something for five years, ten years, it is time to get that um, hobby properly structured as a business because sometimes people want to pay your business. They don't want to pay individuals. And it is never a good practice to commingle money. So it's important to be sure that that business is structured properly, and that's a part of being ready. Government contracts, they pay out to structured businesses, whether it's an Inc., whether it's an LLC. Grants are given to 5013C organizations because they are structured as a nonprofit and coded with the IRS as a charitable organization under the um, code 5013C. So those are ways to... Say, you know, we put those things out there. I want to be ready, um, and, you know, I I want, I'm sorry, I have these goals, but having those goals, it requires that we begin to prepare. And so also, if we have a business or a business idea, writing a vision and making it plain, and so that others can just grab it and run with it. Before the fulfillment of Disney, Walt Disney died. But the way that they were able to carry out their vision, because the vision was written and it was made plain. One thing that when we have a vision written and made plain, we can have legacy. So if we, when, when God decides to pull our ticket and call us home, we can pass that business off to family. And they know this is the vision. This is the direction that we're going in. We can pass it off to someone else to where we can be like the Sam Waltons of the world, that we have Sams all over the place, and that legacy is still going and it's still building. One thing that I love about Miles Monroe is in his transition, he and his wife, they had a succession plan. And so what does that mean? His his son was to take over the church. His daughter was to take over the business. It was written. There was preparation. We don't think about, oh, I don't want to think about death. I don't want to think about when things happen. But it is necessary to be prepared. If you're a leader and overseer, it is important to say this is the person that's going to step up 
and um, take over. Otherwise, a board will determine the fate of something that God gave you and something that God built. And so the preparation is not um, speaking and declaring in the clean doom that something's going to happen. The preparation is what God requires of us. Nehemiah prepared. As I mentioned mentioned earlier, I'm Joseph prepared. So we see so many um, examples where there's preparation and it's necessary for us to prepare as well. And so I just want to just encourage anyone on the line. I um, share at New Year's Eve service that many of us have year after year, we've got prophecy of houses and we've got prophecies of cars and prophecies of marriage. And there may be a little bit of discouragement because maybe for some there wasn't a fulfillment of that. I promise you God has not forgot. God is not a man that he shall lie, nor son a man that he shall repent. But there are some things that we have to do. There is a necessity for preparation. Even if we think about um, miracles in the Bible, we had to do some things. The woman with the issue of blood, she didn't sit back and talk about, I need healing. She didn't sit back and talk about, I am just so hurt and I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Once she became sick and tired of being sick and tired, she got up and she pressed her way and to the one that can save her, to the one that can deliver her, and she touched him. And so that's the same thing. We are anointed to prosper. Back in Genesis, the, even the word says, it says, God says, I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great, and you will be blessed to be a blessing. So God, even in Genesis, began to pronounce blessings over our life, and that's i.e. the name of the show we're anointed to prosper but what i don't want to do is to lie to us and tell us that we're going to prosper by sitting back doing nothing as a matter of fact the word says that a man who doesn't work doesn't eat and not just the physical work but the writing of work is writing the vision and making it plain getting rid of procrastination and writing it and making it plain that's including a business plan that's a part of that that's that vision that's making it plain Working is saying that, you know what, I am going to plan the work and I'm going to work the plan. Working is saying, you know what, I know what Scripture said, now I'm going to make, the Scripture says my gift will make room for me and bring me before great men. Working is saying, you know what, Lord, I'm going to seek your face, help me discover my gifts. Lord, now that I know what my gifts are, I am going to use them in the body of Christ also in the marketplace, because I understand they make room for me, even in my household economics, but I am going to be prepared. I'm not going to jump out there with no knowledge, because you said people perish for the lack of knowledge. So I'm going to I'm going to write the vision and make a plane. I'm going to get the knowledge in the natural. I'm going to have the knowledge of the word. I'm going to seek wisdom of wise counsel, any man who lacks wisdom. I understand that you're going to freely give. So first I seek your wisdom, also wise counsel that's around me, because I understand that it's available to me. Lord, I want to be prepared. Maybe there's someone on the line. God has called you to pastor. God has called you to lead a flock, but can I tell you that, God, we can never successfully lead until we learn how to serve, until we learn how to serve faithfully. As a leader, typically, 
we're the first person there, we're the last person to leave. And if we're not favor, uh, if we're not faithful as a minister, if we're not faithful as an elder, we cannot be released out. Well, we can, but it, I tell you, it's not going to work. Released out to do the things that God has called us to do, because that preparation is while we're serving that man or woman of God. Now we're going to be faithful as unto the Lord, not as unto pastor, not as unto bishop, but as unto the Lord. I'm not forsaking the assembly. I'm coming in, Lord. I don't care what my title is, what my position is. I will sweep the floor. I will clean the bathroom. I will pick up paper because I understand, Lord, that it's as unto you. Well, you call me just like David to go out and 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 hold this position as David is a king. I believe that I'm a royal priesthood, and because you've called me to go lead a flock, I'm going to be faith where I am planted. And this, I understand that this is preparation. We have to understand that when David was anointed as king, David did not take the reign. David went right back out taking care of sheep. And so in that preparation is understand there's a difference between the anointing time and the appointed time. And so right now we may have been appointed, anointed as something, but we it's not the appointed time to go forth in that thing. But in the meantime, there's preparation. You know, God has even called us to do Matthew ministry, and he says, you know, when you've done this, you've done it as unto me. And so we don't begin to do what it is that we're called to do once we get the title, once we get the position, once we get the finances, once we get the building, we're always already acting as. Even something as simple as it says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Guess what? He doesn't say when a man finds a boo, when a man finds a girlfriend, when he finds a bae, when he finds a wife. What does that mean? I'm already a wife before I come a wife. Because I've allowed God to work on the inside of me. I've allowed myself to prepare like Esther. I've allowed myself to be coachable like Ruth. Because I understand there's some preparation. I understand that I may have submission issues, but I've let God begin to work that out of me and work on me. I understand my mindset was different. I understand that, you know, as a single woman, you know, the word says that, that the single woman is concerned about things of the Lord, where the married woman is concerned about her husband. So I have to now understand before I become a wife, then now I'm going to have to, of course, love God. God is going to be first, but tend to things to my husband. So I'm going to have to balance girls' night out. I'm going to have to balance some things out because I'm a wife before I come a wife. And so we have to understand we are not that successful entrepreneur, that millionaire before we become it. We're all we we're, we're we're in the process of becoming. So we be, when we in this preparation, we begin to develop those good habits. We begin to develop those that discipline. The same thing as I mentioned earlier in my opener, I said I want to do meal planning. I want to get away from eating out all the time and, and doing the fast, quick stuff because I don't want to pay another 8 to $10 for a salad. I want to prepare, but guess what? It requires me to say no more excuses. I am going to prepare. I'm going to prepare the night before. I'm going to prepare days before. I don't, I'm just going to block off time on my calendar to say, okay, this is my fruit. I'm going to put it in these bags for five days put it in the freezer so that I cannot make an excuse to go to anybody's drive-thru and buy a smoothie when I have everything healthy I need at home. So I challenge us to just think about it is necessary to be prepared for what we're praying for. Thank you so much for being on the line. I want to pause now and open up the line for any questions. Again, relationships, finance, 
and business, let's make sure we're prepared. And you're going to press star one if you have a question. Hello, Erica. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, Can you hear me? Of, yes, yeah. Uh, being prepared. You know, a lot of times when we have these goals and dreams, and, you know, I think you said it so wonderfully. You said <laughs> that we want the microwave mentality. But what's kind of somewhat realistic uh, in regards of, you know, in regards, because we kind of want to plan in regards of us making profit. So what what is just a, in general, because there are always, you know, different variants, when can we kind of plan, if you will, to actually make some type of profit uh, and what should we do with that initial profit, in your opinion, uh, and when we actually have the initial profit from our business? Okay. The first thing is if you have a product business, know that people like to walk away with their product. So if you have a product business and you're not selling things online, you're physically, whether you're having um, shows, you're having meetings, or you know vendor you're you're doing vending opportunities people don't want to order what they've paid for on site because they're building a rapport with you as a small business so that initial to get profit you have to be willing to invest in your business so invest in products if you're going to do a setup or you're going to be doing meeting invest in products so that with faith believing that you're going to move that product so how does that, because you're thinking about your consumer, you're saving your consumer on um, shipping and things of that nature, and they're able to immediately um, use that product, see the results, and by the time they even are ready for another order, they're ready to um, get another order. And so initially I would say don't eat your seed. And because you're building, you want to use those initial profits to reinvest in your business because, remember, you're building your business. And so what I mean reinvesting in your business, that could mean um, making sure that you have business cards, making sure that you have a social media presence that may be invested because image is everything. We sell ourselves before we sell our product. So we want to make sure that, we even if we don't have a physical flyer, but on social media, people can understand this is the product or this is the service that we're offering, and so that that would be that making that profit is if products have an inventory on hand, and with a service, it is number one never try to sell someone a service that you haven't talked to them about. One method that I absolutely do not agree with is inboxing on social media. Um, there's no, hello, how are you doing? There's just, there's, this is this MLM or this is whatever. And because no one wants that cold sale, you want to be able to share or share testimonials. And those are ways that you develop relationships. You want to ask for referrals. And so uh, most of my business is literally by referral. It's by relationship. So you literally reach out to past clients that have um, 
had your product or had your service and say, do you know anyone who, who needs these great vitamins or who could benefit from this or um, life insurance? Do you know any families that may need life insurance or looking for a home if you're, you sell real estate? And when you have provided a great service, people do not mind referring business. And then when you generate that money, don't count that money in your budget because you want to begin to, number one, have some cash flow going through your business account. Remember I talked about we don't want to commingle money. And then using that for reinvestment, reinvesting in your business so that um, you can always just continuously begin to grow. Yeah, yeah, that's a great answer because a lot of people want to, you know, start, uh, you know, depending on the your mindset, let me just reframe that, they want to, uh, you know, spend the money instead of doing the amazing tips you gave us is, you know, putting it back in the business, actually empowering ourselves. Wow, thank you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Is there anyone, any additional questions? You want to star one from your phone? Okay, well, we're going to close out. Just wanted to tell you, um, please visit my website, www.iknowmyvalue.com. Also, there are ways that um, we're looking for um, people to come on the show. You can actually come on and advertise your business, advertise your product, talk about your ministry. Um, You can go to the website, um, contact us, submit us an inquiry there. Um, So, um, reach out, and we'll also be posting information on social media where you can make the contact. Follow our Facebook page. It's Relentless Ministries Worldwide or I Know My Value. Follow me, same name on Instagram, same name on Facebook. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a wonderful evening, and remember, you are anointed to prosper. Good night. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.